0: Morning, Church. Oh, I lost my spot. Today's reading comes from James 5, verses 13 to 20. The prayer of faith. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops my brothers and sisters if any one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring them that person back remember this whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins this is the word of the lord
1: Here we are. That's the last time we get to hear that today. And over the series. This is the last message in our series looking at James. So like, how about, we, as James said, let's just come into prayer before we come and hear the words. Our oh, loving and gracious God, your word talks to us afresh and anew. So today we ask that your Holy Spirit open our hearts, our minds to hear afresh your word for us today. No matter whether this is the first time or it is many times that we've heard this word, as found in the Bible. Make it fresh, make it new, make it speak to us now. We ask this in your name. Amen. So we've been exploring James over five weeks. We've looked at one chapter, or actually a section of each of those chapters over those five weeks. And we're in chapter 5 and last part of chapter 5. But before I go and explore this, what I would like to do is take you to the beginning of James. It's actually a section we didn't read aloud in church. It wasn't, wasn't something that we focused on, but it helps us frame all of this letter of James, but also helps us frame how James is talking about prayer and what is important about prayer in this. So let's go to James chapter 1. It's going to go on the screen for you. Um, there we go. James chapter 1, and verses 2 to 8. So right at the beginning. So James, first of all, introduces himself and then goes, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Let me just pause there, just while we're in the middle, How many people have read this passage? Especially in a time when life is tough. Yeah, yeah, we've read that and we go, oh, yes, let's remember James. Let's remember that, you know, no matter how hard it is, we're going to consider it pure joy. No matter the trouble we have, we're going to endure through it. And we do. And then it goes on and says this, and if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with a divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should never expect to receive anything from the Lord. The loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. powerful words there from James powerful words and, and you know here's the thing You know, we've got this and we'll put up the next slide for us we've got this trouble but we need to push to joy in all of that we've got this wisdom but we need to push to ask to have it don't we that's what James is saying no matter what, you know, what is happening in our life no matter the problems, the issues, what's going on James is going consider it joyful consider it that it's going to push you in, in who you are And at times when we're in the midst of the problems, or in the time we're in the midst of the trouble, when things are looking hard, how many of us turn and go, oh, wasn't that fantastic? Isn't that joyful? I bet none of you are actually going, oh, that's what we're doing. We're thinking it's hard, we're problem, we're arguing, all those kind of things. When we're seeking God's wisdom, when we're looking for what God has got for us and asking for God to talk to us, we, we want wisdom. We want to know how to deal with those troubles. We want to know how to deal with the issues. And see, notice how the troubles and the wisdom are linked. It's not trying to fulfill the troubles through our strength. It's actually going, we want the wisdom of God to help us in the times of troubles. And that will give us joy. And what do we need to do to get the wisdom of God there? We need to ask God to help us here. So the question is, and the reason why I wanted to put this at the very beginning of James and look at it at the very end of James is what does James tell us to do in James chapter 5 that we've just had around? We do this, we get joy in trouble, we, we ask for wisdom and we do it through prayer. In all of this we do it through prayer. See, prayer is so much more than just mere words. Now, some people think, oh, it's just about words. It's just about talking and, and putting words out there and talking to God. But it's much more than that. Prayer is a state of heart. It's a state of who you are. It's a lifestyle of the believer in Jesus Christ. Let me give this little, little snippet into a little bit around building a discipline culture. There is a section that we talk about in all of that, that prayer is the work of the believer. Prayer is the work of the believer. So let's come back into James chapter 5, verse 13 to 18, and have a look at what James says. Notice the the first part. Trouble, push to joy. And how do we push to joy? Well, if any of you are suffering hardships, you should... What should we do? Have we got it on the screen? Let's put it on the next line. What should we do? Pray. We should pray. <laughs> Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. How many of us come into worship, you know, full of joy and full of happiness, and, and yet when we come in, we go, oh yeah, let's sing a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, it's it's actually about coming, you know, sing praises, lift our hearts to God. Are any of you sick? You should reach out. And I'm putting some of my own words in here. You should reach out. You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you. It's it's about you know. And, and here's, here's a little snippet of a of a minister over many years. Is that you don't want to lose people because they've been unwell, and you you've never and they didn't reach out to you and say they were unwell. We, as ministers, we don't know when people are sick. So part of it is for you, if you are part of the church to reach out when you are unwell, when you want help, come and ask for it and the church will respond. Come and pray over you, anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. James goes on, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces a wonderful result. And he goes on and then talks about Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly, there was no rain. So when he prayed, amazing things happened. None fell for three and a half years, and then when he prayed again, the sky settled, sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. So, as we've been reading through James, we've been having a look at James and how he's been pushing practical faith—about faith that has a real action to it, faith that is not just sit back and intellectually absorb, but something that has immense amount of practicality you know things such as controlling your tongue and you know actually putting action into your faith into action and helping other people but at the root and the foundation of it all is prayer all of those actions are founded in prayer all of those things that we do are founded in prayer that is the basis and the glue that holds it all together There is nothing more practical than prayer. And while this is comforting, it's also probably the most challenging for us, isn't it? Most challenging advice, how do we come and pray in times of trouble? How do we come and pray for wisdom when we're struggling? How do we come and do this? How do we handle the suffering and the troubles? How do we live more like Jesus? Well, we need to come into into prayer. How do we praise when we're happy? Well, we need to enter into that in prayer. How do we support one another, fellow believers? We do it through prayer. See, prayer is central in the life of our Christian believers of brothers and sisters in Christ. However, in our modern world, you know, let me just talk about our modern world here. However, in our modern world today, it's hard for us to actually realise the power of prayer. See, after all, you know, us humans, we are amazing creatures. We have accomplished amazing things, haven't we? We've delved into the depth of the human genome and we've mapped what it is. We've we've sent people into space. We've walked on the moon. We've we've created AI that helps us with so many tasks. I I, I don't think you even realise the amount of tasks that happen on the back end that has some form of artificial intelligence doing the work. We've created search engines, Google, you know, Bing, if you. Microsoft, is that still around? Uh, Yes. Okay, good. I don't know. You've got those search engines there that can look up information from over the centuries, from around the world, in less than 0.125 of a second, you've searched all of this information. And you go, I want to know what this means. And you type it in and you get an answer. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but you get an answer, don't you? And this is all at your fingertips. You know, if you're unwell and you know troubles, what do you do? I'm unhappy. How do I help myself get out of my unhappiness? Type that in Google, and you will get results. I've got a pain in my left foot. Type that in Google, and it'll tell you you've got gout, or you've got something else, and you've got so you know, it you, you know, could be anything, um, but you know, We've got all this information, and you know what? We go there first. The modern world, we go to that before we go to prayer. But that's backwards, isn't it? For people of faith, that's not where we go. That's not what God has intended us to do. Prayer is the work of the body. Lived. Prayer is the foundation, it's the glue, it's the centrality of it all. But let me say this. Prayer, it's true, prayer changes things around you. But the thing that changes the most is when you pray, it's not necessarily about the external things there, it is about you. When you pray, prayer changes you. So there'll be times when you pray for a situation to change and it remains. It remains the same, the trouble is there, the issues are still there, the things are still happening, life has not changed. And you prayed fervently. But the thing is, you pray, you change. Even if the external situation doesn't change, you change. And your outlook changes. And that's when James is saying, even in that trouble, as you are praying through this, the outside might not change, but you change and you start to see that perseverance is achievable. That you can actually find joy in this because you know that your God is there for you. What happens if you know, instead of expecting to pray to fix a situation and fix the negative circumstances that are in our lives, what happens if instead of praying to try and just fix that, you pray to trust in God? Trust in God that, that God has designed a prayer that it will change the situations. yes, but it will also change us and how we see that situation. What happens if we we go to James as it says, consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. What happens if we trust in that prayer that God is going to change us? Now in just a moment I'm actually going to get us to pray. I said this series was about practical faith and as a church we should pray. We should be praying together. So what I'm going to do in just a moment, I'm just going to make a couple of comments before this, um, just about prayer. But I'm going to get you to turn around, you know, create a group of, you know, um, four to six, you know, that kind of small, little small group. And I want you to pray about God's lead for this church. Actually, I want a specific, I'm going to give you a specific prayer. I want you to pray for where God might be leading Pittwater United Church actually ask God to come and speak into your midst and we're actually going to invite the band in just a moment we're going to invite the band to come up and play and, and as, as, as they play and as you pray um, if there's a specific word if there's a specific thing come out I'm going to invite you to come out during that last song and we are going to share in that, in that song so I'll give you some frameworks and foundation about a practical faith about putting into action about praying as a church but let, let me give you a couple of things here See, prayer is not something that we tack on to the end of our life. It's not something we tack on at the end of life. It's not something we tack on as an added extra in worship. It's not something we tack on as an added extra of of the Christian life that we live. Prayer is the work. It is the foundation of life. James started his letter about practical advice, about faith and how we should make it real and manifest in our lives. And he brings it together by wrapping it with prayer. And actually surrounding that whole thing of practical faith is bound in prayer. See, prayer is not part of the work of our Christian, it is the work of a believer. It's what we should be doing, it's who we are. The other thing I want us to know is that that if we're looking for change in the church, if we're looking you know, to reach out to new people, if we're, if we're seeking revival, if we're, if we're going to be able to disciple culture, if we're, we're seeking a movement in any of these things, the first thing that happens before any of that is a movement of prayer. A movement of prayer brings about revival. A movement of prayer changes us. It doesn't cause God to change it changes us. And if we're not praying, if we're not seeking God's guidance and will, then we are fooling ourselves. A movement of prayer is what changes the church. So I'm going to invite the, the band up and as I said, they're going to play for a little bit and then they're, going to, they're just going to come straight into our next song, um, Waymaker. So if you're in the middle of the prayer, let them start singing and they'll draw you into that. But I want to... Groups of of you know small groups up to around six people but pray for the church pray for seeking what god's leading this church to be doing where the spirit holy spirit is moving and refreshing and renewing the church so how about we come and pray? We're going to, There's going to be a bit of noise, a bit of movement, so come into prayer. And if God speaks into you, God speaks a word into you, I'm going to invite you up and I'll give you the microphone. And, and as the song comes into a particular point, we're just going to come and we're just going to bring that word of God to, to fruition for us. So let's just come and pray.